the the thing is not only they can't tell you they won't tell you they still have this animal instinct of not uh, showing weakness or disease because if they do you know in nature you don't survive if you show weakness so they still have that basic instinct so by the time you notice that something is wrong with your pet and you take it to the vet it's already an advanced condition welcome to the doggy dan podcast show helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Doggy Dan podcast show. So today um, I'd, I'd use the words intrigued and fascinated because we have Asaf Dargan with us today who's the co-founder and chief veterinary scientist at Pet Pace. Now a little bit more about Pet Pace in a minute but just a bit of background on who Asaf Dargan is. He's uh, basically he's demonstrated a long history of working in the medical device industry. He's a graduate from Tufts University with a diploma of American Board of Veterinary Practitioners specializing in canine and feline medicine. So he understands medical devices, he understands veterinary medicine and law. Um, Asaf Dargan, welcome to the Doggy Dan podcast show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, now I am honestly intrigued and fascinated. So my first question, which I'd like to start with, is what is Pet Pace as a company, as an organization, and uh, and what do you do? Just to give people a bit of a, a heads up early on as to what it's all about. So Pet Pace is a wearable device uh, company for animals. Um, it was uh, launched in 2012 and we developed a smart collar that monitors the health and well-being of uh, dogs and cats, and hopefully in the future, other species as well. So I, I love it, and my mind immediately goes, so when you say it's a, it's a wearable, the wearable device that measures stuff, what exactly can it measure? Because I'm sure people are thinking, well, how, how smart can these devices actually be? So they're actually pretty sophisticated. Uh, it's, a, mm. it's a collar that you put on the neck of a dog or a cat, just like you would any other collar. You don't need any special preparations or shavings, but it has uh, very sensitive sensors on the inside of it, which captures a wealth of information, physiological and behavioral information. So we can tell their temperature and their pulse and their uh, respiration and their movements. And whether they're lying on the right side or the left side, we can tell everything they do. And on top of it, we have a very sophisticated uh, analytic engine uh, that uses machine learning and AI to understand the meaning of this data and then concluding whether there's any change in the health or, or well-being or routine of your pet, which may indicate a change in their health status. Wow. So... Can we just go through them? Because I am fascinated. I mean, sure. you mentioned temperature. I mean, temperature is pretty basic, I guess. Um, and I guess it's pretty accurate. Yes. Yeah, so just like, uh, you know, think about if you ever went to the doctor yourself, what would be the first thing that they would do to assess your mm -hmm. condition? They would take what's called in the medical jargon, uh, TPR, temperature, pulse and respiration. These are called the vital signs. These are the basic mm -hmm. physiological uh, parameters that... Uh, there's hardly any disease that uh, would not cause at least one of them to, to be altered. 
So this is the, really the basic of any medical evaluation. Uh, in addition, we also measure activity because uh, it also tells you something about uh, the routine and the well-being and the health of your animal. The position data is interesting as well because uh, very quickly, once you start wearing the collar, you can see uh, the, the routine and the preferences and each dog has their own preferences. So if one dog is used to lying on the right side and then suddenly you notice that it's not doing it anymore, that may uh, indicate that there's a pain or discomfort on that side. Uh, we also monitor their quality of sleep through uh, looking at how often they wake up in, in the middle of the night, etc. So the, the idea is to collect a lot of uh, point, uh, a lot of data points and then combining them together to create patterns that indicate the, the health and well-being of your animal. Wow. I, I don't have a lot. I, I, I don't like my own my own uh, activity being monitored too closely. But one <laughs> thing I have had monitored is my sleep activity. I was fascinated with how accurate it could monitor how well I was sleeping. And I had an app um, which measured kind of the movement of my head on the pillow. Or I think it was that's how it did it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was blown away with how accurate it was. It literally knew whether I'd had three kind of major times that I woke up in the night for whatever reason, or whether I slept really deeply solid through the night, yeah. or whether I was kind of light sleeping. It was so accurate, I couldn't believe it. So in terms of believing that this is possible, yeah, with the activity and stuff, I, I'm, I'm kind of going, yep, I can believe it. That's the great revolution of the wearable devices, mm. because uh, you yeah. can take very accurate sensors and put them in a very small device that you can wear on your body or on your, put it on your pet's neck, and it's, it's as accurate as a medical device. Um, and uh, we have gone through extensive and, and exhaustive um, verification and validations by top universities and governments in, around the world. And uh, we are over 90% accurate across the board. Wow. Because the big difference, I guess, for me with dogs and humans is the dogs don't have any way of telling as they have a headache or their temperature is high or they feel sick. Correct. The, the thing is, not only they, won't, they can't tell you, they won't tell you. Mm. Um, they still have this uh, animal instinct of uh, not uh, uh, showing weakness or disease. Oh. Because if they do, you know, in nature, uh, you, you, don't, uh, you don't survive if you show weakness. So they still have that basic instinct. So by the time you notice that something is wrong with your pet and you take it to the vet... Yes it's already an advanced condition. It means it, it doesn't, uh, it, it's, it's not capable of hiding its symptoms anymore. Mm. So this is actually, you know, it's a good point because this is actually the, the essence of why we uh, started pet pace in the first place. Um, as a veterinarian, to me, it was all, always very frustrating to have uh, uh, people come in and they just notice that something is off with their dog or their cat. They're not eating as well. They're not as active as they used to be. They attribute it to their age or to whatever. But at, at some point they say, okay, let's take it to the vet. And then you check it and it's already had a very advanced condition. Cancer spread all over or uh, diabetes that's you know, causing their entire system to, to go out of whack. Um, and it's not because they're bad owners. It's because the... Uh, the, the pets themselves did their best to hide their symptoms until they couldn't do it anymore. So the whole idea is that if we can measure the same uh, parameters 
that you know when you go to the vet and you check them they're off but it, so they started to be off sometime before that so if you monitor these same parameters over time the minute this they 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 go out of uh, the normal boundaries the er the very early signs of going out of normal health you can pick that up and and do something about it uh without waiting for the dogs to show symptoms and that's the, that's the essence of what we do yeah i i can so relate to that i mean the number of times where my wife and i have looked at our dogs or even in the past our cats and we've gone i think there's something wrong and like you say you take it to the vet and the poor animal is as sick as a dog not wanting to use a yeah. pun but i think that's why we say the word sick as a dog <laughs> because when a dog is sick yeah. they are really sick probably because of what we've just discussed and you do you feel for the dog they've obviously been really sick haven't been able to say anything to you but uh yeah heart rates up temperatures often up often start breathing heavily as well and um exactly. i guess the pulse of the heart as well is not something we can easily measure but uh if you have a I guess if you can go back over time, you know what the standard heart rate is, and then you can notice it's the resting heart rate's changed. Is that how it works? Or? Exactly. So that's another uh, very powerful um, revolution uh, that rev uh, medical device in general bring, and that it's called uh, in, you know in the medical field. If you read the journals and uh, the trends that are going on, it's called uh, personalization of of medicine. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, because as opposed to just looking at the generic pulse range like you mentioned so you know a, a normal dog has a pulse between 60 to 120 this is what the books say but when you have a device on an individual dog and you learn it over time you realize that its real range is maybe between 65 and 75 it's not as big mm. so as soon as they deviate from it let's say now the resting pulse goes up to 80 um, that may be within the normal generic range but for that individual dog it's a 20 or 30% increase, that may raise a flag and have you go and check what's going on. Yeah. So the, the personalization is a big key in the early detection of, uh, of medical conditions. Mm. And I'm thinking, especially if you know your dog is meant to be kind of uh, relaxing and quiet, maybe because they're, they've just come off the back of some surgery or something and you want them to be relaxed, if you suddenly know the heart rate is up to 80, 90, 100, you probably can, mm -hmm. I guess you can set, can you set these things so that it sets off alarms or? Yeah, yeah. So the system comes with default sets of alerts uh, and they automatically adjust based on how the system learns the individual values of, of each individual pet. But uh, you can override it and, um, uh, you know, set whatever uh, thresholds for alerts uh, you want. It's com completely customizable. It can also uh, send alerts to whoever you choose. It could be the veterinarian or the um, uh, your dog uh, sitter or whatever. So, mm. uh, and and uh, you, you're right. I mean, and you're bringing another in, uh, important point. Um, we talked about early detection, but the other side of using wearables is to monitor an existing condition. So you can see if you know, if your dog or cat already have a medical condition or they're after surgery you can see how they respond and how they improve over time. So, uh, and again, going back to the position uh, uh, example, if they had uh, surgery on the right knee and now they start gradually to spend time uh, lying on the right side, you know they're feeling better. Yes. Um, 
PetBase is also unique uh, with its ability to detect pain. We're actually the first time in the world that we have an objective way to assess pain, uh, to detect and assess pain in animals. How on earth does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a, a very uh, extensive study with a university in the US, uh, North Carolina State University. And uh, we had uh, a group of dogs with uh, arthritis, osteoarthritis. It's a uh, degenerate uh, disease of joints that uh, virtually every dog gets at a, a certain age. Um, and then we compared it to a group of control, healthy dogs. And then we found more than 20 uh, individual features in the data uh, that uh, separate the two groups. In other words, we now know how the biometrics of a dog with pain looks like compared to a dog that does not have pain. Wow. And, and that's virtually, you, you build an algorithm based on that, and now any dog that would wear the collar within two weeks, we can tell whether they have uh, pain and arthritis or not. Wow, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And all of this, I've been on your website, so I kind of know how this works a little bit. But for, for those people who are still trying to figure it out in their head and they're driving along going, so where, where do you see all this? this? This information all comes out on a kind of an app on your smartphone is one place you can get all that information um, Correct. to be shown. Is, there, is that right? Is there other places? I mean, it can be sent to your vet as well. Somebody can monitor it for you if you don't want to get into the nitty gritty data yourself. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So we have a, a mobile application, as you said. We also have a web application. Um, and you can use them, uh, you can share them with your veterinarian, you can generate reports uh, that kind of summarize periods of time and you can share that too with your veterinarian. And uh, pretty soon we are in the process of uh, actually developing our next generation collar and in the next generation collar we will have even more advanced analytics where you can, for example, you can mark times when you gave your pet certain medications or treatment and it will automatically analyze the data before and after giving the treatment so you can see the effect and if you don't see the desired effect maybe you need to uh, make some changes maybe increase the dose or change the type of treatment you're given to get to the desired effect so there's a lot of analytics that are still coming down the way wow there's just so much stuff to discuss. Uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, one of the things I'm always interested in is the activity, the activity side of my dogs, how many, you know, how far they're traveling, where they go, what they do, what's covered in, in terms of kind of tracking the dog and maybe location or just calories burned and I think that's covered off as well is that yeah so we look at activity in multiple ways uh, first of all we just measure the, the amount of activity and we tell you kind of on a, a time scale when the dog was active during the day and when it was resting and we can also build a routine on that so with some, sometimes after following the dog for some time we can tell you what is the average activity for your dog per hour of the day so your dog may wake up, I don't know, 7 a.m., go on a walk, and then doze off until the afternoon walk, whatever. So you have a routine. And now if they deviate from the routine, that may indicate, again, a change in their health status. We also uh, count all the movement and give points where we give, uh, it's, it's done in a differential way. So we give more points to high activity 
as opposed to low activity, which allows you at the end of the day to get a number that is on a, just mathematically speaking, it's, it's on a normalized scale. So it allows you to compare the activity of today compared to yesterday or last week or last month, or compare activities of different dogs, which again mm. tells you something about uh, the level of activity. And a new feature that we just, we are launching now, we just completed a big study with the uh, biomedical uh, engineering department of Tel Aviv University uh, is the fitness uh, score. So sort of like uh, your, your Fitbit watch, you know, when you go running, it kind of tells you how good your exercise was. Uh, we're doing the same thing uh, now with dogs. So when you go on a, on a walk or uh, you go to the park with your dog, it will tell you uh, the, the level of physical activity, not just whether they were active or not, but looking at the pulse and see how much exertion they use during this activity will tell you the quality of their exercise. Wow. Phenomenal. It's, it's really endless. I mean, once you have all this type of data, it's just endless of, you know, what you can do with it. And this is for me personally, this is my, my, my passion in this thing is the ability to yeah. provide so much new knowledge that we just never had because we never had, uh, you know, access to this type of data before. No, I mean, it's always one of those things when you're not looking, the dog seems to behave differently, you know, as a dog behaviorist, I, you know, the number of times I've got my camera out and as soon as I am consciously watching the dog, the behavior changes. Of course. Literally just watching changes yes. what's happening. So when you're not even in the room, goodness knows what's happened, but that's the whole mystery. You know, you put a camera in, you can see what the dog does and they behave differently and you know, it feels a bit like that, that when they're out of sight, you know, go around the side of the garden or when you're not at home, what's really going mm. on? And you kind of get to see all of those strange behaviors from a respiratory and a heart rate and a temperature, all that stuff. Absolutely. Calories burned, how they're fascinating. How far can you actually monitor them from kind of your home base? Does it work? Is it is it to do with home base or is it done through satellite or how? Yeah, good question. So right now in the current version, which is the, the first version, um, you have a, a home antenna, um, which is all the installation you need to do. It's just connected to your uh, home router and that, that will uh, monitor your dog. If your dog roams away from home, like take it on a long walk or something, the data is not lost. The caller still stores the data, and once you come back home, it will download everything. In the next generation caller that will come out next year, we will also have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and a SIM card inside the caller. We're actually going to be smaller, but we're going to have a lot more stuff in it. Um, so you will be able to get real-time data uh, wherever you are. You're not going to be uh, dependent on your home base anymore. Wow. Does it actually plot the position of a dog? Can you see on a map sort of thing? Yes, it... we will have an, uh, a, a GPS. We don't have it in the current version, wow. uh, but the next generation collar uh, will have a GPS in it. So you'll be able to do a few interesting things. One is just know where your dog is, but you <laughs> yeah. can also set like a boundary. It's called geofencing. So you can set a boundary on the map, like your home or around your home in the yard. And as soon as the dog uh, breaks the boundary, you will be alerted uh, that your dog just ran out of the yard or whatever. And uh, then you can go into the third feature, which is called Find My Pet. So you'll be able to track them in a high resolution and uh, uh, 
quickly find where they are and, and uh, get them back home. Wow. Are you hearing this, guys? I mean, for anyone who's ever lost a dog, what would you pay for that? To be able to locate your doggy, locate my dog. That's just... Yeah. That's just awesome. I must. Uh, I must be honest. I, I've had a. I've had a, a dog who was a real. No, she wasn't a real Roma. But when she went, she really went, mm. and she just used to love to run. And I. I get the feeling she could do maybe, sort of five to ten kilometers an hour. And there's once she went missing for sort of five hours, and I have no idea where she went or how far she went. Mm. But I would love to know. I would love to know how far did she go or how many kilometers. Because it uh, feels like she did sort of 40, 50 kilometers. Wow. I may be wrong. She, I probably am. but <laughs> That's impressive. She, I know how fast she could run and she had endurance. I mean, I've had a few dogs in my time, but this one was, this one was a, a triathlete. Uh, she was a marathon runner. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. And I guess to get the temperature and the pulse of her heart rate and the respiratory the whole time, it's kind of fascinating, hey? Yeah, so uh, th this goes back to the fitness feature that I mentioned, uh, which can be very useful. So I, mm. a lot of people are now running with their pets and exercising with them and even going to like uh, um, uh, races together. So that can be very useful. Uh, or, you know, uh, sled dogs uh, racing which could be very useful for them to build uh, their, their fitness and physical activity and then the uh, fitness level, in other words. I guess there's there's so many different places and areas where it can be of benefit because, as we mentioned before, the dogs can't tell us when, for example, they're being over-exercised. I mean, the number of times I've seen a dog and I'm like, I'm thinking, that dog shouldn't be being exercised like that. It's too much strain on the heart, is my guess. Yes. You know, there's a lot of people around here, they put their dogs, they get in the car and they drive down the beach and the dog is meant to run behind the car. Yeah. And I know that the dog will not stop, even if it's about to have a heart attack. It will keep trying to keep up. Um, yes. And I think, you know, for people will go, oh my gosh, maybe we're over-exercising our dog. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, this is also very uh, interesting to uh, working dogs. So we have a lot of uh, interest and okay. in clients uh, from uh, military and government agencies where they use dogs that are, you know, extremely uh, motivated and they won't stop until they drop. And these are very valuable animals. So uh, this is very uh, valuable for them to be able to monitor and stop them before they get to a danger zone because the dogs won't stop themselves. Somebody has to stop them. Mm. And I guess it also gives people an understanding of just how stressed their dogs are. Yeah in terms of the pulse of the heart rate, I'm getting interested now because I often, I often say to people, one of the biggest mistakes we make is dog owners don't recognize how stressed their dogs are. Yeah. And I can see it because I can see their mouth is open, the tongue is out, the dog is panting, you know, <laughs> and it's cold. It's a cold day. It's not hot. The dog hasn't exercised. It's cold in the house. And the dog is panting like that because I know the dog is stressed. And I think this would probably highlight it to people because they'd see it as a heart rate and they'd go, wow. They know what their resting dog's resting heart rate is and they'd realize, yeah, the dog's done nothing for two hours and it's, its heart rate's right up. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, so uh, one of the parameters that we measure is called HRV, heart rate variability. And it's, essentially it measures uh, the, the time intervals between 
consecutive heartbeats. Mm. And it turns out uh, that what controls this uh, variability is uh, uh, the type of the, uh, or the part of the nervous system that's called the sympathetic nervous system. It's the same uh, part that goes uh, into work uh, when you're in a fight or flight mode. Mm. In other words, uh, when the dog is stressed, this number, this HRV uh, changes. So again, we have, for the first time, we have an objective marker for stress, stress in animals. And there are a lot of studies in universities all over the world that looks into, uh, using our collars, that look into stress in dogs. Some are already published and some are still in the works. Uh, but uh, understanding anxiety and stress is uh, a really um, uh, revolution, being revolutionized using uh, HRV, which uh, our collar can provide. Wow, fantastic. So for people who are interested, how would you say people who are just, you know, they're listening to this and they're thinking, I want to know a bit more. Would you recommend they jump on your website? Is that the best place to go or... How would they go about it? Yeah, sure. So uh, you can go to petbase.com and read about uh, the, the collar and some of the things that we are developing. And uh, uh, if you want to order, we also have a shop, an online shop. And uh, um, yeah, uh, we can provide whatever support or answer whatever questions people may have. And uh, pretty, pretty, you know, simple and easy. When we, we sell virtually all over the world from North America and South America, all the way to Australia, New Zealand, and pretty much everything in between. And they're pretty simple to use. You literally get the collar and it explains how to put it on your dog and link it up to your phone. Is that, is that pretty much the basics of it? Yeah, we, we really try to make it uh, dummy proof. So uh, all you have to do is just connect uh, the antenna to your home uh, router and place the collar on your dog and you're good to go. And if there's any uh, difficulty whatsoever, uh, we have uh, customer support that will help you through it. Wow, sounds great. I guess a lot of people who have got these have been, they've had surprises in terms of what, what the dogs are actually maybe experiencing. Is that, is that fair to say that, you know, people sometimes get a report back which they had no idea the dog was either? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I can tell you an interesting story yeah. uh, from uh, from a breeder yes. uh, of uh, dogs of uh, um, uh, I, I'm blacking up now on the uh, breed um, the Rhodesian Ridgeback. Yep. Sorry. Yep. So uh, so this dog is a champion. Already had to, uh, two uh, liters before, and now she's going to the third pregnancy, and uh, she uh, she's taking part of our pregnancy study. So she's wearing a collar and the collar keeps sending her alerts uh, that something is not right. And this is a very diligent owner, very uh, sophisticated, knows about dogs. Yeah. And she takes the dog to the veterinarian multiple times during the pregnancy. And they do all the blood tests and the ultrasounds and everything. And everything's fine. They couldn't uh, figure out what's going on and why the collar is still alerting her. Well, she goes into labor. She's, you know, finishing her two months. She goes into labor and it doesn't go well. So they rush it to the vet and they do a, a C-section. And when uh, they open her up, uh, the veterinarian kind of takes a look around and he doesn't like the, the way the liver looks. So he takes a biopsy from the liver and it comes back uh, as a very bad liver disease, very uh, chronic, but 
um, uh, microscopical uh, disease in the liver and uh, they had to spay her at the spot. She will not be able to have any more uh, litters. Um, but she was lucky because if she had another one, she, she may have died. Uh, and the thing is that the cola picked these things up even before blood test and ultrasound and all the other things because they only see things from a certain level up. Um, but if your body is fighting against something, even before the blood test changes, even before the ultrasound shows anything, um, the, the, your physiology is already showing it. Yeah. And this is the power of the cola for have, to have early detection of diseases. And so would it have been a kind of a combination of the temperature, the, you know, the pulse and the respiratory all combined to setting off an alarm? Yeah, so in, in this case, it was specifically the HRV that uh, kept firing uh, alerts. But you're right, it's usually a combination of things uh, that indicate that something is not right. And it, it's not diagnostic. It's not going to tell you the exact type of disease the dog has, but it will tell you that something is not right. No. And together with the veterinarian, uh, they, yeah. you'll be able to find out what's going on and, and what to do about it. And, and, and again, a big part of what we're doing now, where our efforts are, is to develop specific disease uh, programs, the, the ability to detect specific diseases and then manage them. And the diseases that are first on our pipeline are uh, epilepsy and uh, detection of uh, uh, parturition during pregnancy and, uh, and cancer. And we'll, we'll continue from there, but these are the first ones that we will launch in our, uh, uh, in our plan. Wow, the epilepsy one is, I guess, it's an early warning signal that something's not quite right. It picks it up quite quickly, I guess. Is that? Yeah, one of the big issues with epileptic dogs is that uh, it's very important to know uh, how often they have seizures. And, yes. Uh, you know, we are all, uh, you know, busy and we go to work and to school and whatever. We don't always... Uh, have an eye on our dog, so we don't really know how many events they have. And this is a crucial piece of information because it, it, that's what dictates the type of treatment uh, that you would get. Um, and the collar, uh, we're, we're, we don't have it yet, we're still uh, studying it, we're still in the development phase, but it already shows that we can uh, pick up uh, an event like a seizure. Uh, we can see how it looks like in the data, we can develop the pattern, um, and then once it's uh, finished, you will have a feature on your application that will alert you when your dog shows signs that are typical of a seizure event. Mm. I guess it comes back to that, what we mentioned earlier, that the dogs can't tell you they've had three epileptic fits in a day. Exactly. You come home, you, they look fine, but uh, it's been traumatic. Exactly, yeah. I was just I was just thinking another area which I'd be fascinated in is a lot of the work that I do is about calming dogs down, getting them to relax. And often again, people they find it hard to see that the dog is calmer until it's really obvious. But with something like this, you'd be able to measure the, the pulse of the heart rate, the respiratory, the activity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people will go the HRV. The HRV and they'd say, hey. He's calmer today than yesterday. And that would actually encourage people. So I'm kind of thinking from a behavioral point of view, we often need to give the owners the encouragement that what we're doing is working. And, and, and sometimes, you know, that HRV would probably be, because if the behavior, if, if the dog doesn't do anything wrong, like it doesn't, you know, doesn't bite anybody, 
on a regular basis, which obviously never happens. You don't have a dog regularly biting. It's hard to see if the dog's actually more relaxed and if the, you know, all the chemicals in the body are starting to, you know, the right ones that you don't want to be firing all the time are actually dropping. But this would actually give you that measure. So, yeah, there's actually a study that's coming out now. Uh, it was done in Australia. Uh, this is it was done by a researcher, a lady who developed uh, calming music, uh, music with that's supposed to have calming effect on dogs and cats. She, she, and the study was on cats. They took uh, I think nine or ten cats in Australia. And each wore the, the collar, and uh, at certain times they played the music to them, and then there were times where the music did not play. And then we uh, compared the data between the two periods of time, and you can see that when the music was played, on average, the pulse was lower, HRV was better, uh, activity was lower. So all these different attributes that show that the cat was more relaxed and, and calmer. So. Wow. You're right. Uh, this is uh, a tool that will tell you whether what you're doing is working or not. And if not, then you can modify it until you get the desired effect. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's independent. It's not measuring a placebo. It's it's measuring the real facts about how your dog is behaving and feeling. And uh... exactly, it, it doesn't have uh, the 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 white coat effect, right? You know, once you go yeah. and actually measure your dog pulse you're already changing it just by the fact that you're interacting with it wow wow what can i say i'm fascinated i want to get my hands on one i'm thinking <laughs> oh well, I, want to, I want to see how my dog behaves and, and what they're doing so well so for anybody who's interested pace.com so p-e-t-p-a-c-e.com um i'll put all of this um, podcast up on our website as well so the online dog trainer.com forward slash pet pace and um, yeah I th fully recommend you you have a go to the website check it out have a nosy around there's some lovely case studies and um, it talks about the pet health monitoring as well because you offer that it seems like as a service is that is that something is that right am I yeah so uh, the when you buy the collar, you also subscribe to the service that gives you the alerts and the data and all the analytics that's involved. And uh, you can renew it uh, from time to time. Um, and it, it's not too expensive. It's uh, around 200 US dollars a year, yep. uh, including the collar and the service. Yeah, great. So, so for a couple of hundred dollars, you really can know what's going on with your dog which is a fraction of the if you think of what you actually have to pay when it goes really wrong um it's it's a fraction of that cost to be able to step in early and uh yeah it's it's quite fascinating what we're able to do with with all the new technology absolutely what can i say dr asaf dargan it has been absolutely wonderful to have you on the uh, podcast show today and um yeah for all of you people listening if you're thinking, what's going on with my dog? Why is he doing that? Is he okay? If you're concerned that there's maybe something going wrong or you just want to kind of know that he's well or is he improving either from a behavioral point of view or a, a health health uh, health aspect, then yeah, check out this website, petpace.com. And yeah, absolutely fascinating. It's been, a, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the podcast show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. And uh, th thank you again. Yeah. Okay, guys.
Have a great day and, as always, love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.